Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We've got another trade for us to talk about on the podcast today. Drew Holiday traded to the Celtics for Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon. We're going to talk about it. Let's go! Jordan, open! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And the trades keep coming and they don't stop coming. We've got another one to talk about here, guys. We we thought that this one would, would come, or at least the Drew Holiday trade, but he does make his way to the Boston Celtics, my Boston Celtics. Um, very, look, Glad to see us acquire a play that I think will be really, really helpful for us. Sad to see someone like Robert Williams go, who's a, a bit of a bit of a favorite of mine, just from a personal uh, love point of view. But we're here to talk about the fantasy basketball implications of this trade. Who's a winner? Who is uh, a loser for this deal? And uh, again, what what do we all think is going to happen? So. We'll dive straight on into it, and let's bring it up. So the Boston Celtics will start on that side of the deal. Now, again, if you are a Ball Boys uh, NBA.com subscriber, if you are a Platinum member, you can go over and check out my projections. They have already all been updated on the projections page. Immediately after I finish this video, I'm going to be going and changing the top 150 points and category leagues ranking, so they should be changed soon as well. So you can get all of my thoughts on exactly where players should be going and where I'm projecting them to go this season. But we're going to talk about their value in a general sense on the video and podcast today. So on the Boston Celtics side, they get obviously Drew Holiday and they are trading away Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams. How does this affect their starting lineup? So I believe their starting lineup will now be um, Drew Holiday, Derek White starting at the two, um, Brown at the three, Tatum at the four, and Kristaps Porzingis at the five. The other option they could do is move Derek White to the bench and start Al Horford at the four, pushing Tatum and Brown down a spot. But I think that they're going to want to try and preserve Al Horford's minutes. They're also very, very thin when it comes to the front court depth. So if you were to have Al Horford start, that means your first front court player will be the very recently signed uh, 
uh, when when and Gabriel, I want to say, is um, the, the, probably the next guy off the bench when it comes to the front court. And I don't think the Celtics will want to do that. So I think they're going to start a bit smaller, have Derek White out there in their starting lineup with um, Jason Tatum at the four. Kristaps Porzingis is your five. So when it comes to how this affects the uh, Boston Celtics value of players, I think this does hurt. Derek White, from a sense of the fact that I think he's going to be playing less minutes at point guard, um, he was already starting as the two for the Celtics last season for, I think, 70 or 72 games last season. So you're pretty much going to see him playing the exact same role he was playing last year. I do think, however, he plays more minutes than he did last season in a very similar role because this team has lost a fair bit of depth. You obviously no longer have Malcolm Brogdon, who was sixth man of the year last year. Um, and you've also lost some other depth pieces. Um, uh, Grant Williams is gone. So they're in, they're a much thinner team. So I think he played 29 minutes in a starting role last season. I can see that definitely more up towards that 32, 33 minutes as a starter this season. Um, but the bump in assists that we were all projecting with Marcus Smart being out, well, I think that is gone now. So he's going to be pretty much doing the same thing in in Boston this season as what he did last season with, I think, an increase in um, minutes compared to last year. So if you're just basing the stats on last year, I expect a small jump from that. But if you are basing the projections on what we thought was going to happen when Marcus Smart was traded, then he is someone who takes a hit to his value. So Drew Holiday coming over to the team, I think that compared to his Milwaukee situation, it's a slight negative. You go from sharing the court last year with Giannis, um, Brooke Lopez, um, you know, Chris Middleton was there a little bit at the end, but not too much to sharing it with Brown, Porzingis and Tatum. I think his usage takes a hit. I think his assists drop a tiny bit. But I'm hoping that, you know, in the previous two seasons, he was 1.6 steals in the past two years. Last year, he dropped down to 1.2 steals. So I think that we could at least see those steals go up maybe to 1.3 compared to 1.2 last year. Overall, it's a slight drop. I have him, again, now more closer towards that pick 50 range rather than pick 40. Um, But I still think he's going to be solid enough. Um, Optimistically hoping his steals come back up a little bit as well. So that will be the big thing. And in fact, he's gone 1.6 steals three seasons in a row until last season where it was at 1.2. I expect his minutes will still be quite high, 33, 34 minutes per night. Again, this team is lacking a lot of depth. They're really pushing their chips in to push the starting five um, for a lot this season. So I don't worry about his minutes at all. I don't expect him to score as much as he did last year. I probably have him more around that 15 to 16 points per game. Um, The assists are probably closer to six than they are to seven. But the ideal scenario here is that those steals come back up to 1.3, 1.4. That's the hope. If it stays at 1.2, then yes, he will fall back a fair bit. He was 37th last year. Wouldn't be drafting him close to that range there. Um, so I think he's more of like that 50-ish kind of a range player there as well. The other person I think this massively affects is someone like a Kristaps Porzingis. I think that he is going to be locked in as their starting center. Probably also provides a boost to Al Horford there as well. So Porzingis is probably going to see a more increase to his rebounds, probably a more increased, slight increase to his blocks as the main rim protector on this team now. Um, I think the usage takes actually a small hit again a little bit further. You're trading out, uh, I mean, Brogdon, Drew, it's kind of close. It's it's nearly a net, net wash, but... 
I think the overall increase in what I expect his rebounds and blocks to take compared to what I had them before, I think is a, a positive for him. I still think that Alford comes off the bench for this team. That's what I would expect. It could be different. We'll watch it in preseason, but his minutes at least when he is out there playing and not on those back-to-backs, he will be seeing a higher minutes load. They're going to have a very clear top six or seven uh, rotation guys that play pretty decent minutes. So um, this means for him that he's going to be playing minutes in the high 20s, where I thought he was going to be more in the mid-20s, 26 minutes per night. I think he's more 28, 29 now. Um, So I think Al Horford is someone that you can maybe draft in the last rounds of your draft. It's still not very high upside, and it's still very poor points, and it's it's higher in nine-cap leagues when he's low in turnovers. So he's not still not very exciting, but I, I do think now he's at least more consistent in terms of his minutes compared to when they had the trio of Williams, Pulzingas, and Al Horford there. But I do expect him to still come off the bench. As for Boston as a team, I think it's, I think it's a good move for them. I think you, you've basically turned... Um, Smart, Brogdon, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams into Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis. So from a pure talent point of view, especially in that starting five, it's an upgrade, I think, in both senses of the word. For the depth, it's a hit, but I expect that um, Boston will be a big player when it comes to buyout markets. Like, do they go after someone like a Reggie Bullock who was just um, waived by the Spurs, I believed? I think they're going to go after a few of these guys when it comes down to that buyout market. So... Some of the depth pieces will fill in a little bit more as the season goes along, but I think they're starting five. Um, we'll all have to take a hit. When it comes to Brown and Tatum, I have just dropped Tatum's assists a little bit more. So I think I had him over five assists projected prior to the trade. I think I've dropped him down a little bit more from there. He's still a first-round guy. I think there's a slight more argument to take a Tatum, uh, sorry, a um, Steph Curry over a Tatum now. My projections now have him falling behind a couple of those guys. But again, it's weighing up. Do you prefer the safety of a younger player in Tatum versus some of those older guys in like a Steph Curry, Kevin Durant? But again, he averaged 4.6 assists last year. I think you see that number probably closer to that again. Whereas I was going for more of a five assist game this season before this trade. It probably stays close to around that mid to high four assists per game. Um, this season as well. So overall, compared to last season, Tatum and Brown probably do drop a little bit. You have more um, capable guys in Drew and um, Kristaps Porzingis replacing the lower usage guys in Smart and Robert Williams in the starting lineup, but it still is going to be Tatum and Brown's team. So I think they're still going to be fine, but if you really want to get nitty-gritty, it's a slight drop to their value, but really not that much. On the Portland Trailblazer side, it's obviously the exact opposite on the screen here. So they get Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams. They lose Drew Holiday, who never played a second for this team. So if we look at it from a whole, when um, Damian Lillard was on this squad, they basically turned Lillard into Robert Williams, DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, um, who am I forgetting? Someone else. Um, but essentially, the good news is for this team is that no real dominant, oh, not dominant, but young point guard comes back for this squad. You do have Malcolm Brogdon there, but I wonder if he's going to play much or if they're going to flip him again. Are they going to flip Robert Williams again? I, I, I think I've heard some talks that Robert Williams is going to stay on this squad and, and play alongside DeAndre Ayton. I don't know how successful that is. So in terms of losers, I think the biggest loser out of this trade is Robert Williams. 
in my projections, I had Robert Williams playing more minutes than like an Al Horford and he and Kristaps Porzingis were going to be the main guys in that front court because when you have a player like Porzingis who can stretch the floor, shoot a lot of threes next to a Robert Williams, you can make that work on the offensive side of the court. And on defense, I think Robert Williams gets a bit underrated when it comes to his perimeter defense. He uses his length very well to guard guys on the perimeter despite him not being the most mobile of players. But... Now that he's next to Aiton, if that's what they're going to do, I think that's going to really struggle on the offensive side of the court because Aiton's not a floor spacer. Rob Williams is definitely not a floor spacer. So I think you're going to definitely see Robert Williams more playing as a strict backup center behind a DeAndre Aiton. So his minutes, which I had at about 26, 27, I think dropped down to 22 to 24 minutes per night. So for him, again... He can do stuff in that time, but it really does cap his upside, in my opinion. So, very strictly a punt points guy. If you're desperate for blocks, if you're desperate for field goal percentage on low volume, he could be a guy that maybe you just draft late and see how things go. But I now think he's definitely a guy you're not touching until outside the top 100, top 110, in my opinion. I'd really think that he is the biggest loser in this uh, in this trade, at least where from where I had him. If you viewed him as a backup center in Boston anyway, then I think that's the same kind of thing moving forward. But I didn't. I thought he would get a little bit more minutes next to Kristaps Porzingis. But now I think he does pretty much serve as a backup to DeAndre Ayton in Portland. Now, I think... Again, one of the big reasons I was keen on DeAndre Ayton going up in value was he was going from a situation where last season he was playing, I want to say, 30 minutes a night. And I expected him to get as high as 34, 35 minutes with really no center backing him up at all. But now you've got Robert Williams there. And if he does stay on this team... I'm now less optimistic about him getting that 34, 35 minutes per night. I think he's probably now closer to 31, 32 minutes a night. I still think his usage is going to come up, but maybe instead of being a top 40 guy, he settles back into being a top 50 guy. So um, I still think he has an outside chance or, or a shot at going 20 and 10. I also think the rebounds take a little bit of a hit as well. Um but again, maybe the field goal percentage comes up a tiny bit as well. So he is a slight loser in this situation, but still definitely better than when he was in Phoenix. So he kind of spiked in value and then just fell off a little bit, in my opinion. I do think that someone like an Anthony Simons benefits a little bit just by the fact that they, they didn't bring back a Tyler Hero type or anyone like that because you know Malcolm Brogdon is strictly going to be a backup if... Uh, player on this team at all. So I'm a little bit more um, optimistic that Simons gets the backup minutes when Scoot goes to the bench. I'm still not a big, huge fan on Simons. I think that he's fine. He's someone you could definitely draft around that 80 to 90 range. I just did a uh, uh, rankings battle with Josh Lloyd and we went um, went head-to-head with Simons. He's a bit higher than him than I am. I just think that between Scoot... Sharp, Simons, Grant, Aiton. You've got a lot of guys that are going to be vying for some shots, and I don't see him being the guy that really just separates himself from the pack. He will get a lot of shots. He will probably get to the free throw line a bit more. He'll hoist up a lot of threes, but he's going to be putrid in rebounds. Um, You go from a situation where you've got just a Nurkic there um, getting rebounds to having Aiton, who's one of the best rebounders in the NBA, plus a Robert Williams there. I think that you could see him getting maybe two rebounds per game um, this season. So 
that's going to be something that, on top of his poor field goals, no steals, no blocks, is going to hurt his value. But he will score. He will shoot threes. He'll do it um, with good free throw efficiency as well. So I think he's a slight winner just because I'm more confident that you haven't got a Tyler Hero coming back and he might be able to get a bit more of that backup point guard minutes. It, it remains to be seen what they're going to do with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I could see it going either way. Either they trade him or he does just play some backup minutes at the guard and provides a bit more of a veteran leadership for someone like a Scoot Henderson. We'll see. But again, Malcolm Brogdon is more of like a combo guard, not a strict point guard. So there might be a little bit more playmaking opportunity for someone like a Simons. I think it doesn't really, again, doesn't really affect my opinion on Sharp or Scoot. I kind of had them projected the same anyway. Um, Jeremy Grant, again, maybe if they do want to experiment with Robert Williams playing at the four a little bit, I've just scaled back Grant's rebounds and blocks a little bit as well. His usage, I've kind of left the same. Um, so Jeremy Grant, who before all of these trades, we thought maybe he's going to play some small ball five. I think that's now been eliminated. All of the five minutes are going to be taken up by Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton. So he's already a pretty bad rebounder. There were some optimistic block numbers that you could have projected for him, but I think they're, they're kind of gone a bit now with the rim protection being done by some of those big guys there. So all in all, I think... If we look at the biggest winners and losers for this trade here, biggest winner, in my opinion, is someone like a Kristaps Porzingis, Al Horford, although still probably not someone I'm targeting in standard leagues, and Anthony Simons, just a little bit more confident that he gets a little bit more playmaking responsibility. Not a huge winner that maybe some other people might be very excited about, but I think he is at least in a better situation than had they traded for someone like a Tyler Hero. The losers pretty comfortably and confidently. I think the biggest loser here is Robert Williams. I, again, expect him. He, he was about 27 minutes projected for me. I've got him now at about 20 to 22. Um, look, he'll still block shots and give you good field goal percentage and decent enough rebounds. Those things still happen, but just that upside is not there really for him to you know, play major minutes unless there's an eight and injury. Um, and I think Aiton, small drop back in minutes just hurts him a little bit. Derek White, again, going from starting at the one to what I think to be starting at the two. I think his minutes stay the same. It's just you're adding another playmaker onto this team, um, taking away a Robert Williams. So, And he's not going to really get the benefit of the Robert Williams absence. So he's going to lose a bit in assists, which drops his value down closer to what he basically did last season, uh, maybe in a couple extra minutes per night. And Drew Holiday, slight loser compared to what he had in Milwaukee, um, where I think he's going to see a drop in his usage numbers. So a little bit of a drop in his scoring um, and assists. But I think there's an opportunity for the steals to bounce back up. So again, three seasons at 1.6 steals per game. Last year, 1.2. Could we see that go back up to 1.3 or 1.4? I'm optimistic that it can. But do you want to rely on it? It is a little bit up in the air. So I think more towards that 50-ish range is where I'd be happy to take Drew Holiday. Oh, man, we're getting trades every bloody day, it seems now. Um, is James Harden the next one to be traded? I'm not sure. Is uh, Malcolm Brogdon going to be a guy that sticks on this Portland Trailblazers team? Let me know down in the comments, guys, what your thoughts are on this trade in general. Do you think that this is a big W for the Celtics? What do you think about the return that Portland got for Damon Lillard as a whole? Do you think that this pushes them into a really good young contending team? Do you think the Celtics are better than the Bucks in the East? Who would you take out of those guys? Uh, let me 
know in the comments section below, guys, your thoughts. And uh, we will be continuing again. Check out number 22, John Collins, in the top 25 most interesting. 21 will be out next week. And head over to ballboysmba.com. See you later, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.